Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. You have cancer. And I can assure you, as a practicing attending physician, one who's had to deliver this diagnosis more times than I can count. After those words are uttered, there's nothing else that your patient hears. Your patient doesn't hear the stage of the cancer. Your patient doesn't hear the location of the cancer. Your patient doesn't hear treatment options associated with the cancer. All they know is that you just said the word that they never ever wanted to be uttered in their direction was that they had cancer. And as an internist, like I'm not an oncologist, I'm not a hematologist, oncologist, it's not my specialty. But unfortunately, a lot of times in my initial workup, I'm usually the one who finds out or I'm the cause of you eventually finding out. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your truly Dr. Barry Pierre with another commercial break for the Lunch and Learn community members. If you've been asking, hey, you know what, what can I do to get more involved with the Lunch and Learn community? What can I do to get more involved with Dr. Barry? I got something for you. This year, we have launched the Lunch and Learn Patreon community, where you get access to a private Discord, access to live Q&As. Depending on the tier you select, you can even become a producer on the show and choose your next topic that you want to hear and even suggest guests. So I want you to do right now after listening to this episode, of course, is join me at drbarrypierre.com slash Patreon. Check out the different tiers and join me in our private Discord today. That, that growth that you notice, that weight loss that you notice, that hair loss that you notice, that change in your bowel habits that you notice happens to be cancer. And that's why I believe it's so important for us to be talking preemptively. And I'm an internist thick and thin. I talk about this onus of trying to prevent what you can prevent. That's why I'm such a big proponent of primary care, because I understand that if I can just treat you before the big things happen, guess what? The big things don't happen. I used to joke with my patients and even my hospital administrators that my job is to try to make sure that the hospitals go poor. Because if I'm doing a great job as a primary care physician and taking care of my patients before the problems arise, guess what? They don't end up in the hospital with this. They don't end up in the hospital with a heart attack. That doesn't occur if I'm doing my job along with my patient. So for this month of February, I already know it's American Heart Month, but it's also Cancer Prevention Month. And we're going to talk about what that means and why that's important for us, especially as we continue to move out of the shadows of this pandemic and as we continue to move toward the light of diseases that kind of got put to the back burner, unfortunately. The CDC put out a report that said that cancer screenings for all cancers, breast cancer, lung cancer, prostate, were behind because of the pandemic, because less people were going to get their routine screen because less people were going to the physician for their routine checkups. All of those things will accumulate, unfortunately, to more deaths. So after you listen to today's episode, I want you to kind of understand that 
yes, we can be preventative even when talking about the big C word, which I know, again, it, it's tough to even say because, again, I remember being on the other side, speaking to the patients and just hearing silence. Like I was saying words, they weren't comprehending the words I was saying because I said the cancer word. I said the word that they never want to hear. One of those reasons why the men don't want it. Because that's, if you ask men who don't like going to the doctor, it's not that they're afraid that the doctor's going to hurt them, do something to them. It's because they feel that they would be the one who goes to that doctor and finds out they have brain cancer, stomach cancer, lung cancer. They would be the ones after avoiding it for so long time. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. So what I love doing, especially when we talk about disease or processes or uh, months like this where they're highlighting certain things right now, again, we're going to be highlighting cancer prevention. But I like to give some facts because if we start with the facts and you understand the facts, then it makes more sense why Dr. Barry's on here talking about cancer prevention. So let's let's go through some facts that I think you should know. In the year 2023, we expect 1.9 million new cases of cancer to be diagnosed. And they're different whether you're a man or woman in terms of which specific one do we expect to occur. So for men, we expect the number one cancer in men and full disclosure or maybe put an asterisk on it. This doesn't include the skin cancers because skin cancers happen so frequently. We could probably do a whole discussion on that. It happens so frequently that they have to put it in its own category or it would always be the number one cancer. So it doesn't even include skin cancer. So skin cancer to the side. Number one for men, prostate cancer. Number two for men, lung cancer. And number three, colorectal cancer. We talked about colorectal a lot in the show here. Oh, fast forward for the women. This may be sound a little similar. Number one, breast. True and true by far. Breast cancer. Number one cancer diagnosis for women. Number two, lung. And number three, colorectal cancer. So number two to three kind of. They're there. Lung and colorectal, they're right there. What typically changes is the top, top of the line. So we know for men that since 2014, there's actually been a rise in cases of prostate cancer. So the other cancers have kind of flattened out, kind of remained the same typical number, but we've seen a rise in. What's worse, we've seen a rise in advanced cancers. We'll talk about that a little bit about that later, but we've seen a rise in cancers at a much later stage because we're diagnosing better. I mean, are diagnosing later because we're not diagnosing at all. I'm not sure. In regards from an incidence per stage standpoint, cancer is going to more likely occur if we're thinking about risk factors in men than women. In race, you know, black, uh, black and um, black men specifically have a higher incidence of cancer all across the board. And that's Due to lots of different issues that we've kind of talked ad nauseum here, lack of access, lack of care, to the point that when they do get diagnosed with these cancers, they're typically diagnosed at a later stage, which means what? That their mortality rate is even higher as well. So not only do they have a significant number, right, as far as the increased number of cases in regards to population, but when they are diagnosed, they're diagnosed at a later stage, which means less treatment options, means they die more which obviously is very sobering here. One in two men in their lifetime will develop some type of cancer. One in three women in their lifetime. Will right. So just again, just so you understand, 
this is something that is of concern and will always continue to be of concern. So again, we and we talked right. So that was the the importance of just kind of cancer prevention um, and really just understanding that if we diagnose it early, we know that the five year survival rate and this is just of any cancer in general. We know that a five year survival rate is around 90 percent if we diagnose it early. But unfortunately, we're not diagnosing it early, not doing our routine checkups. We're not doing our routine. Even if we're doing our routine checkups, like some of you are seeing the doctor going for back hurts or you're going to the doctor, but you're not doing your routine cancer screenings because that's that's a second level. It's one level to just get the regular checkup. It's a whole nother level to get the regular checkup and then go ahead and get the cancer related screening based on age, gender. So lots of different things when we talk about just kind of facts and importance of cancer prevention, if you don't understand how that's important. So let's talk about the healthy habits associated with cancer prevention, right? Because I think that's an important factor here. This is something that you always kind of seen uh, get populated out in terms of diet, in terms of exercise, weight management, right? We know those are different factors, what we're eating, what we're drinking, right? our physical activity, or more importantly, inactivity, whether we're obese or not, we know those are factors that are associated specifically with certain cancers because of the hormones. Now, I remember I saw someone, I was on one of my social platforms, I think it was TikTok, no, no, Twitter, and they, they kind of mentioned how like the foods, right, red meats were causing all of this cancer. But they, unfortunately, the, the, fortunately, the way it was presented, they made it seem like like that's the primary cause. Like, oh, my God, get rid of the red meats and the cancer numbers will drop. Now, I'm not here to tell you that, you know, uh, uh, maybe an overconsumption of certain types of foods may add to that, especially if there's some chemical at play that plays a factor. I'm not here to tell you that. But I also don't want you running to the hills screaming that I'm never going to eat red meat again because Dr. Pierre said it's causing cancer because that's not the case, right? It's a multifactorial approach to what we're eating, what we're drinking, right? What we're inhaling again. And this is more for, for the cigarette smokers out there. Again, I've said this all the time. If you want to look at the risk factors associated with any cancer, and I do mean any cancer. If you want to look at the risk factors associated with any cancer, guess what? Smoking's going to be there. Smoking will always be there. It will always be a significant risk factor associated with an increased risk of cancer. Doesn't matter the cancer. So if if you don't get anything, decreasing your alcohol intake, decreasing your cigarette smoking to zero um, will give you significant benefits in regards to trying to prevent cancer. Because that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about ways you can prevent cancer. And how do you do that, right? Again, you have a well-balanced diet. You're eating your fruits. You're eating your vegetables. You're exercising at least 30 minutes, three time, two to three times a week of vigorous activity a week. 30 minutes. That's all I'm asking for, three times a week, right? Making sure you follow up on your weight management. Making sure you're working on trying to um, live the best way that you live in the most healthiest way that you can, right? So because we know because when those who are obese do certain level of hormones, which can add to it. Not saying it's a direct cause. Please, please, before you hit my comments, I'm because you can look at me. I'm not saying it's a direct cause that if you're obese, you're going to get more cancer. That definitely is not the case. But it is a risk factor that you always have to account for, especially for certain related cancers. Because when we say cancer, cancer is this very umbrella term. But there's so many different cancers that we have to be worried about and concerned about 
that it's never a one size fit all. And I think that could be also true. Like a lot of a lot of discussion, especially with the COVID vaccine, oh, this new technology about this next mRNA vaccine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to take it. But when you ask those same people, hey, would you take a vaccine if you could prevent cancer? They'd run to it. Or their argument is, well, if they can do this with the COVID virus, how come they haven't given us a cancer vaccine? I always have to answer that you have to be more specific because which cancer are you talking about? Because the cancer that you're talking about is going to change the type of treatment that they can even offer. So it's understand that, yes, we're going to say cancer prevention and cancer prevention month. But like, yes, I'm talking about colon cancer. I'm talking about lung cancer. I'm talking about breast cancer. I'm talking about prostate cancer, liver, all these different. There's so many different cancers out there. I mean, skin cancer, like making sure you're wearing your sunscreen and making sure you're clothed up well. Like there's so many different types of cancers that we have to watch out for. So we have to be very general in our discussion of trying to prevent it. Um, and again, I, I talked about just this aspect, uh, especially when we talk about healthy habits, emphasizing regular cancer screenings, regular mammograms, pap smears, colonoscopies, guys, guys, and I'm saying guys, look look me in the eye or listen to me. You got to get your colonoscopy. It has to be done. Every African-American male understand that just because you're African-American male means that you're a higher risk for advanced colon cancer, which means you actually have to get it at an earlier age than the typical standard. Typical standard right now is about 45 years old, around the age 40, which I just turned 40 a couple of months ago. You have to start thinking, all right, when can I get my colonoscopy? When can I knock that out? Like That is how severe and significant it is. And then and that's just if you have no family history. If you have family history, you need to go see that gastroenterologist like yesterday. Right, so that's just again just some healthy habits that we can pick up, and it, it always it, it starts and stops with making sure you're actually screening for it. It starts and stops with making sure you're getting your regular checkups to screen for it, and then when you do, we'll have the discussion with diet, we'll have the discussion with exercise, we'll have the discussion with weight management because that will come into play. We'll have the discussion with alcohol sensation. We'll have the discussion with tobacco sensation. We'll have those discussions, but you can't have those discussions if you don't get your regular checkup. Right. Like, let's think about that. Now, there's some environmental factors that we have to worry about. Right. I think that's an important play too. environmental factors associated with cancer. Something that you need to worry about. Impact of air pollution. This is the big one. I I, I read long term exposure to air pollution has been linked to an increased risk of lung cancer and other respiratory diseases. Toxins in environments such as pesticides, heavy metals can also increase cancer risk. So understand that, yes, diet lack of exercise, smoking. Yeah, that's at play. But there's some environmental issues of concern that will definitely play a factor. Flint, Michigan, and the fact that they don't have clean water and they have carcinogens within their water because their infrastructure was so bad. That's an environmental thing. That's a structural thing that, how do you avoid that? So there's some things that are something, yes, we can avoid, and there's some things that are all around us that we have to even make a better determination for or against, right, when trying to prevent uh, this aspect of uh, cancer just in general. Reducing the importance, uh, reducing the um, exposure to harmful chemicals and substances, uh, pesticides, heavy metals, we kind of mentioned before. And the environmental aspects associated with cancer, and I, I, I specifically mentioned Flint, Jackson had this issue with its water supply is that this is when you yourself can't do it all. This is when you know, your, your city, right, your state, 
your government has to do something to protect you because this is something that is so above you, but definitely can affect you personally. So this is, again, just an aspect when we're trying to think about these different ways of trying to prevent cancer, we have to think about the different ways that we can pick it up. Because if you don't know how you can pick up these types of cancers, how can you prevent them? I think that's just common sense, right? You can't prevent what you don't know is coming at you. If you don't realize those pesticides that you're in are harmful to your body, maybe not in the immediate run, but in the long term, if you don't recognize that that's an issue, guess what? You don't protect yourself regarding that issue. If you don't recognize that that building may have asbestos and other things that can cause cancer, not in one year, but maybe in 10 years, 15, 20, guess what? You can't protect yourself. It's the reason why you see these commercials now with like mesothelioma and these lawyers who are ready to sue naval yards and everything else because the environmental contaminant that was there contaminated you like 15, 20 years ago. And you're just now going to feel the effects. So these things doesn't have to be an immediate thing. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I fell. I broke my hip. I recognize that. No, it could be I'm in a building. I'm growing up in a building with asbestos. And in 10, 15 years, I develop a lung cancer because of what happened 10 to 15 years ago. So this is one of those things where I always talk about what you can prevent, right? Versus what is it with can't do nothing about, right? You can't do nothing about uh, a building with asbestos. You can't do anything about, um, you know, copper and lead uh, being in paint, right? And lead being in your water supply. There's nothing you specifically can do. And this is why you need that government. Say, hey, I'm recognize, I recognize the problem. This building is a problem. I recognize that these chemicals, are, I recognize that the red dye that I put in certain food problem. And for those who may not know, if you go down, if you go down a rabbit hole, especially if you're watching this from the United States or you're listening to this from the United States podcast, if you go down a rabbit hole of what foods are allowed uh, here in this country that aren't allowed in other countries, let me just say you might not eat very much. Right? It's, it's kind of scary. And I want to also talk about the role of genetics, the role of genetics. Again, I talk about things that you can change, things you can avoid and things you can't do nothing about. And the role of genetics is so significant because the role of genetics is where you as the patient have to do the digging, right? You have to do the detective work. You don't know how many people I talk to, especially when I'm doing outpatient medicine, even when I'm doing inpatient medicine, the amount of people I talk to when I say, what medical history does your mom have? What medical history does your dad have? What about your grandparents? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So imagine not knowing if your grandparents suffer from diabetes hypertension, high cholesterol. Imagine not knowing if you had a cousin who had colon cancer when they were 40 years old. And guess what? You're 40 years old. Imagine not knowing if you had an aunt who had breast cancer and it was a significant breast cancer. Imagine not knowing these things. And these are things that, again, you can't change. Your genetics are there. They're not going nowhere. So if you don't even do the digging and making sure, hey, what does my family history look like? How can you actually prevent cancer within yourself. Again, we have to, when we talk about cancer, I know it's a scary word, but we have to be proactive in our approach in trying to prevent it. That's the name of the game. If you don't get nothing from today's show, how can I be proactive in my approach in preventing cancer? We're not here to tell you that it's impossible because it's, it's, that's false. Right? There are lots of different things we can do to try to prevent cancer. Not to say all cancers, 
but there are some things we can do to try to prevent it. Even down to the nitty gritty of being in the genetic component. If you have a genetic risk factor, you have a family history that's associated with breast cancer. You have a family history that's associated with colon cancer. You have a family history that's associated with lung cancer. Guess what? You could be more preventative when you do your routine checkups. You could be more preventative when you do your routine cancer screen. You could be more preventative when you're working on your diet, when you're working on your exercise. You could be more preventative in those other facets once you know the information. But it does you no good if you do not know the information. So that's the problem, right? And it mentions here, right? Approximately 5 to 10% of cancers are due to inherited genetic mutations. 5 to 10%. 5 to 10% that there's nothing you could do about it. It's not an environmental thing. It's not a food thing. It's not a lack of exercise thing. It's not a I smoke all day thing. It's no, it's a genetic mutation that you were already born. Right? So that's why it's understand having a failing history of cancer increases the risk of developing cancers. And sometimes it not only decreases the risk of you developing that specific cancer that your family member got, but it also increases the risk of you developing other cancers. So cancer begets cancer sometimes, right? Definitely something to be worried about, right? So that's why, again, we talked about even with individuals with a genetic predisposition, reducing the risk through your lifestyle adaptation is going to be key, right? That's, like, that's, that's the crux, right? Being able to recognize that I can put you know, roadblocks in play to try to prevent this road of cancer because I don't want to go down the road of cancer. Guess what? Nobody wants to go down the road of cancer. Nobody wants to hear a doctor say those words. You have cancer. And if you want to do all that you can do, and like I said, you can do all of the things I just mentioned today, they'll get cancer. I understand that. But if you don't do the things that I mentioned today, you got a good chance of running into it. And if you, if you ever, ever, ever want to avoid a conversation like that, because let me tell you, I've been there. Unfortunately, I've had to deliver the bad news. I've had to tell a patient, hey, can you come in the office to see me? And they have to live, you know, for for the third, for the hour to the days or whatever it takes to get to see me with that anticipation and that anxiety. My God, what is he about to tell me that he won't tell me over the phone? We talk about it all the time. If I call you for your labs, like if I don't call you for your labs, it's a good thing. When I call you, that's a problem. When I call you and say, hey, come see me, you should be worried. So if you want to help avoid that level of anxiety, do the things that you need to do. So again, we'll just wrap up, right? Understanding, yes, it's important. It's important. And cancer prevention is important and it's doable. Too. Understanding that, yes, there are certain risk factors at play that you can avoid. Smoking, alcohol, exercise, right? certain things that you can try to change with it. Understanding that Going to the doctor, going to your regular checkup, getting your routine cancer screen. Remember, I said it earlier in the show, CDC reports that we are behind because of this pandemic. So we are going to see more cancer deaths continue to rise because less and less people are getting the routine screening that they need. I, I want to make sure, if anything, listen to this show. They say, you know, what? I heard Dr. Barry say we can prevent cancer. These are some of the ways that we can prevent it. I want to do that. So again, here's truly Dr. Barry here. Remember, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Love our subscribers here. Right, lots of great content for you guys. If you are a Patreon member, hop into the Patreon. Let's have a discussion about this week's episode. Let's talk about what you guys are doing to try to prevent cancer. Your family, not just for yourself, but in your family. What are you doing to continue to spearhead that 
live that happy and healthier life, make sure to join the Patreon there.com Patreon description. I'm gonna see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.